What happens when we begin to realize that the 200-year experiment we've called the American healthcare system has failed? Tune in to Awakened Wellness with Milen Riobay, MD, and join the conversation about how to heal our broken system to reverse our current health crisis. The entire world is looking for answers, and the truth is hidden in plain sight. Learn how spirituality, ancient traditions, and cutting-edge science are merging to create a new paradigm of wellness every Wednesday at 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. Eastern Time with live video shows every first and third Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time when you can call in and ask the questions that matter most to you. Good afternoon and welcome to Awakened Wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Milen Riobe. I am the founder of Awakened Wellness LLC uh, and um, am thrilled to be here with you live from New York City on Dream Vision 7 Radio. And so um, today's topic um, with the holidays being around the corner, or actually I guess we're in the middle of the holiday season now, um, is uh, carb cravings, how to get them under control. Right. Um, universally, I think when people come in to see me, um, they complain of two things. One, fatigue. Everybody's tired, um, it seems. Right. And uh, number two, you know, weight control, uh, controlling cravings in particular at night. Um, and it seems to be um, kind of the same story, right? Now, regardless, uh, now that I'm in New York, I've been working with um, millennials, Gen Z, right? Um, my favorite generation. So now I'm swimming in them and it's been great. Um, you know, in Florida, you know, we just have a little bit of an older population there. So I wasn't privileged to work with millennials and Gen Z as much there. Um, and now, you know, in the middle of New York City, I work with the entire spectrum of, of uh, age and diversity. And so it's been great. Um, and uh, the, the interesting thing is, um, you know, I'm seeing what I read about, right? Um, I do a lot of research on millennials and Gen Z. I wrote my book, Faith uh, for Millennials and Gen Z. Uh, because of uh, the concern, the, the 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 national global concern for younger generations as they get sicker and sicker and sicker. And now we're starting to see that they're dying sooner and sooner. Um, they're getting diseases uh, in their sometimes 20s, sometimes teen years uh, that my generation, Gen X, and generations that came before me didn't get until they're 60s, right? Um, and so the age at which people are getting sick is getting younger and younger and younger. And so in the short, you know, three months that I've been here, I've seen that confirmed, right? I've had several patients come to see me because they have just been diagnosed with high blood pressure, um, you know, concern for diabetes, uh, weight gain, um, you know, and so I'm seeing it with my own eyes, right? What I read in books and what I read in reports, what I talked about on podcasts, um, I'm seeing it with my own eyes, right? And universally, uh, they're tired and almost universally, they have these cravings uh, that they can't seem to control, which they believe are is causing weight gain. Right. And, uh, you know, obviously the holidays are a time when, um, you know, we we kind of brace ourselves for weight gain. Right. Because it, it's like a tsunami coming at us. Right. We, we already can see our friends coming to the party and our coworkers bringing stuff to the office and people mailing things to you, care packages and, you know, with all the holiday goodies and, and all the things that we love and hate. Right. <laughs> Uh, because we know that, yes, we love to eat those things and we love to enjoy those things. And boy, are we going to pay for it later, right? Um, so today what we're going to talk about is how to still enjoy those things and not pay for it later, right? Um, you know, we we want to make sure that we, we fly through the holiday season having a wonderful time, uh, not having to be too, too uh, you know, concerned about what we're eating per se, but just being aware of the options that we have to mitigate the impacts, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. And so um, what do we do with these carb cravings, right? And, and I always teach my clients and I find 
Oh boy, I'm sorry. Give me one second, let me get some water here. I'm still not used to this dry air in um, the New York City heater system. Sorry about that. Anyway, um, so what I teach my clients um, now of all generations is you got to be ready, right? It, you don't go into a championship game not ready, right? You don't not practice for the marathon. You don't, you know, not practice for that for that game, right? You, there, there are things you do each and every day that are preparing you, are, are building your resistance, building your reserves, um, getting you ready for, for the things you're going to do. Um, and everyday living is exactly the same. Um, everyday living requires preparation. You know, um, when I go to sleep, I'm thinking like, what am I doing tomorrow? What's on my schedule tomorrow? Where will I be tomorrow? And what will I be doing when I get there? Um, <clears throat> I'm always thinking a little bit ahead. What's my next meal look like? Am I going to be able to work out tomorrow? If so, at what time? What am I going to do when I get there? Um, and so there's this preparation that's really important. And in order to curb cravings, especially carbohydrate cravings, we have to walk in prepared, right? Um, I always tell my clients, you cannot outwill a craving. That's where the whole mind over matter thing falls apart. Um, you will not outwill a craving. It's almost impossible. Um, a craving is akin to an addiction in a way. It's not the same, obviously, um, but it's not very different either. And <clears throat> when the body sends that signal to you that there's a craving, you're already kind of dead in the water, right? And so the 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 thing to do is to prevent that craving, right? And that that requires some knowledge, right? So we have to know like where is that craving coming from, and why am I getting this signal from my body? you know, to eat, to eat the sugar or to eat these carbs, like where is this coming from, right? And and it's almost always the same. It's coming from the idea that we didn't eat enough earlier in the day, right? That's why the cravings usually come later in the day. Most of my clients don't say, I wake up and I have all these cravings, right? They don't say that. It's usually when I get home from work or when I'm done working, I close my laptop, the cravings come. Right. Um, and it's there at that time for a reason. Right. It's telling you that now there's this tsunami coming at you because of the, you know, the, the somewhat lack of preparation earlier in the day. And so I, I universally tell people like, you got to eat more earlier in the day if you want to avoid the cravings at night. Um, there's no way around that. Right. Um, and a lot of people that get cravings, um, it, it's almost always a sign of deficiency, um, a sign that things are missing in the body. Either you're in some type of calorie deficit or it could also be that you're eating the, the correct number of calories, but not the um, correct quality of calories. Right. So all calories are not created equal, right? Um, you know, a, a, a serving of a quinoa, uh, a serving of quinoa has as many calories as a Hershey bar. Um, but, you know, it doesn't take much to figure out which one's healthier than the other, right? Um, and they are processed in the body differently. Uh, and so you're going to get very different results if you live off of Hershey bars uh, as your carb source versus if you're living off of quinoa, for example. Um, and so the quality of the calories matters um, and the timing of the consumption of those calories actually does matter. Um, and so people that have cravings at night, I, I advise them to eat more early in the day. Inevitably, when we do like a nutrition log with those clients that have cravings at night, we see that they don't eat enough all day long. Um, either that they get up and they're too busy to eat and they're off and running to work or to work out or whatever they want to do in the morning um, or have to do in the morning. Uh, and, and then they're skipping meals or they're grabbing, you know, little things or they're grazing, but they're not eating the right quality of food. And so then by the time they're sitting still, 
you know, those cravings have been brewing all day. It's just, you've been so busy that you haven't, you know, heard the signal, um, you know, and you're kind of running on fumes when you're super busy, right? So, so when we're, you know, in the thick of the day, our cortisol levels are typically a little bit higher. We're a little bit more under stress, you know, that tends to suppress our appetite, not in a good way. Um, and then when we finally like sit and relax, that suppression goes away and the tsunami comes, right? Um, and so what do we do? What, what's the plan, right? The plan is to strategize. Um, I tell people to be very strategic about their meals. Um, and then the, 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 the biggest pushback I get is, well, I don't have time. I have to run. I have these things. I have to get to work. I have to, you know, and, and again, I, I say the same thing. It's all about the preparation right? It's all about the preparation. Like, so it doesn't take more than two minutes to make a protein shake. Um, it doesn't take more than five minutes to boil a couple of eggs, right? Um, it, it just doesn't take that much time, right? We don't, we don't say I'm not going to go to the bathroom all day um, because I'm too busy, right? We understand that I have to go to the bathroom. Otherwise bad things are going to happen in the middle of meetings and, and things like that. Right. And, and so, I encourage people to look at eating in kind of the same way. It's not something you can just say, I'll just do that later, right? Um, there comes a point where your bladder is going to burst, right? It, there, it, there just comes a point where you can't hold it anymore. Um, and so we know that, oh, I have to go to the bathroom, right? Um, I can't put that off and then go when I'm done with work. It's the same thing with food except that the the sense of urgency isn't there, right? We're not going to have an accident if we don't eat. We might pass out, right, if we're really starving ourselves, but that's very rare. Um, and so that sense of urgency, though, needs to be there. Um, and the planning needs to be there, right? And that sounds really boring and bland, and everybody wants, like, a real quick solution. Um, that's just the way it is. Uh, there. It's like, you know, saying I don't have time to breathe. And so therefore I'm not going to breathe. Like we don't even have that choice, right? We couldn't do that if we wanted to. Um, it's the same thing with food. Um, it's just not, a, it's not a choice. Like we have to make these scheduled stops and consume food and then move on to the next thing, right? Ideally, you just want to eat. You don't want to be eating and working and eating and moving, um, because then what you do is you split the blood flow and the attention that your body can pay to digestion with something else, right? Um, and, and so then you don't digest as well, right? So some of the maldigestion, some of the digestion, digestion issues that people have is they don't focus on their eating. Like they're not sitting still. They're not taking the time. They're, they're not closing the laptop or or, you know, closing their office door to have an actual meal. Uh, they're eating on the run. And I, I've been guilty of this many times, right? <laughs> In between my patients, I'm like, you know, chomping on a protein bar or something if I don't have time. Um, and, but, but still the food has to go down, right? It's better for the food to go down and you're focusing on something else at the same time than for the food not to go down, right? Um, and so if you have to pick between those two, you know, uh, lesser options, then make sure that you eat. Even if you're on the run in the middle of a meeting, um, you know, in the middle of patients in my case, um, or even, you know, running off on the subway, right? I, I, I eat on the subway, I don't care. I'll eat on the subway, right? Um, and, and so wherever you have to do that, you do that. When I used to drive to work, I would have a shake in the car. Um, you know, I would have my, uh, you know, boiled eggs already shelled and everything and ready to go in the car. Um, you know, so whatever you're doing, the food has to be there. It just has to be there. And there's no way around that. So the first thing is really the mindset. It's, I have to prepare for this. If I really want to avoid these cravings, not have the weight gain that comes with the holidays, I have to not be hungry, right? I have to set myself up to win. Um, I can't be in a deficit all day and think I'm going to outwill the craving and not eat and then, you know, wake up the next morning and, and be okay, right? Um, you can't outwill a craving. You just can't. Um, we don't have that same sense of urgency in the morning. And many of us have lost our appetite in the morning. Like a lot of us get up and we're not hungry. 
Um, and so we figure, well, my body's telling me it's not hungry. So let me just listen to it and not eat. Right. Um, that's not actually what your body is telling you. In fact, it's not, it's not telling you that you're not hungry. What it's actually telling you is that it's incapable of burning an appropriate number of calories. And that's very different, right? Um, telling you it's not hungry is not the same as telling you I can't burn enough calories, right? Uh, I can't burn enough calories is basically saying I'm kind of broken. Uh, my metabolism is not functioning. I can't do the functions that I'm supposed to do. Therefore, I have shut them down because I can't do them. And so you're not hungry because there's a bunch of functions you're supposed to be doing that your body's not capable of doing. And so it's just turned off the switch. Um, that's very different. So, you know, yes, the body is communicating to you, but I think we have learned to misunderstand the body's signals. Um, you know, you should be hungry in the morning, right? Uh, Chinese medicine teaches us that. Um, Chinese medicine, uh, one of the signs of, you know, quote unquote, a broken metabolism or a low metabolism, what they call spleen chi deficiency is reduced appetite or no appetite or loss of appetite. Um, when you wake up in the morning, you should have been fasting for several hours, right? Overnight. So you should be hungry in the morning, right? Um, and your body will, would want you to eat in the morning if it had things to do. But if it thinks that you're not going to eat, what it actually is interpreting by you not eating breakfast is that there's a starvation going on. Um, it interprets you not eating breakfast as starvation. It doesn't interpret you not eating breakfast as let's go dig into fat stores. Um, it will do that to some extent, but what it will do instead is shut off body function. So it doesn't have to burn calories or as many calories. So let's say the average person should burn 1600 to 1800 calories a day, right? Just to function. Um, that means you should be able to eat 1800 calories and burn them. And then the next day you eat 1800 more calories and you burn them, right? But if you start to eat, let's say 800 calories instead of 1800, now your body only has 800 calories to use. And if it needs 1800, but it only has 800, yes, it will start to burn down some fat to chew up, to get those calories out of the fat so it can do some of that function. But it, what it will also do is take protein and break that down to get calories to perform those functions as well. It can only do that so much, right? And so if you keep yourself in a calorie deficit, what's gonna happen is your body is gonna say to itself, oh, I only have 1200 calories to burn. I need to burn 1800. So I'm gonna shut off 600 calories worth of functions that I don't think I need. Um, and, and that's what it does in response to not eating. Um, and so this is what we haven't quite understood in, in the, the, the diet fad um, society that we live in is cutting back your calories is not gonna solve your problem. Um, it's actually going to add to your problem. Um, and so what we need to do is to encourage the body to burn more calories. Um, and, and we're not going to do that by eating fewer calories. And, and so that's where the disconnect is. And so if you want to avoid the cravings that come later on at night, where your body is going to try to force you to eat that other 600 calories that you didn't eat earlier in the day, um, if you want to avoid that when your body can only burn 1200 because that's where you set it, um, once you get that 600 calories, it's going to be like, oh, what do we do with this? Oh, we can't burn all of it because we had already shut all this stuff down. We can't turn just turn them all on all of a sudden. So we're going to have to pack some of this away as fat. We'll turn some of them on. We'll turn some other functions on and maybe we'll burn 200 of the 600. Uh, but the other 400, we're going to have to store as fat. Right. And so that's how the body actually functions. Um, and so what you want to actually do is eat a little bit more earlier in the day. So we're coming up on our first commercial break. Uh, I'll show you exactly how to do that again, to avoid those cravings that come later on in the day, how to prepare for those holiday parties, how to prepare for, you know, grandma and mom and all the people that love to cook you all the things. 
uh, for the holidays, how to eat them, but still be okay after. Uh, we'll talk about that on the next after this next commercial break. You're listening to Awaken Wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Milan Riobe. We'll be right back. What happens when we begin to realize that the 200-year experiment we've called the American healthcare system has failed? Learn how spirituality, ancient traditions, and cutting-edge science are merging to create a new paradigm of wellness on Awakened Wellness with Milen Riobay, MD. Tune in every Wednesday at 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. Eastern Time with live video shows every first and third Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern when you can call in and ask Dr. Milin the questions that matter most to you. Dr. Milin is the medical director of the Rio Bay Institute of Integrative Medicine in Jupiter, Florida. For more information, visit RIOBEintegrativemedicine.com. Dream Vision 7 Radio Network invites you in for this dynamic, forward-thinking show. Join Dr. Bernie Siegel on Mind Health Matters every Thursday and Friday, 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Bernie will draw from his inspirational personal journey, offering us special nuggets of his sacred wisdom weaved through his delightful stories. Listen in as Bernie reminds us to be fully engaged in life. Ever wonder what it's like to have your own radio show? Well, wonder no longer, because you can dip into the radio airwaves by being host for the day on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. It's a fabulous way to get your radio feet wet. It's an opportunity to market your business, modality, or book. Have a guest, mention a sponsor, and take callers. Or you may want to facilitate a lesson by going solo. It's up to you. Listeners can be online, mobile, in cars with Bluetooth, or listen through Amazon's Echo by asking Alexa, play Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. For more details, go to DreamVision7Radio.com and click on Host for the Day. Delight your kids with an enchanting journey by reading the Paper Doll Kids Children's Book by Deborah Beauvais and Janine Sullivan. There's even a catchy tune, Kids for Love Song, produced by Bob Sherwood and sung by kids just like yours. The story weaves around seven paper dolls flying around the world doing good deeds as they bring important attention to our endangered animal friends. There's even a magical ring with a universal message. Kids become interested in service projects, action through compassion, and planting seeds that nurture positive change. The Paper Doll Kids and Kids for Love Song are a production of the Kids for Love Project. Get the book now on Amazon Kindle and the song on CD Baby or iTunes. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. Welcome back to Awaken Wellness. And so we have some great questions here. I try to choose sugar-free or really low carbs to snack on at night, although I really want chocolate. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> Speaking of sugar-free, what's your opinion on diet sodas and sugar-free packaged cookies and snacks? So um, as far as the snacks, I really encourage people to have protein snacks instead of carby snacks. Um, the reason for that is at, at night you're going to go to sleep, right? And so you're, you're unlikely to burn those calories. So even the, the, the low sugar carbs, um, you know, unless it's like five grams maybe, or 10 grams of carbs, um, which would equate to like 20 to 40 calories, um, it's going to be hard to burn that when you're about to go down and go to sleep. And so protein is is a better option for a, a snack. Um, not as tasty, I, I agree, um, but a better option. Um, and, and chocolate, dark chocolate would actually not be a bad option. Um, it's really not. Now, I would watch the milk chocolate because there's going to be sugar in that. So you want to watch the added sugars in the dark chocolate um, and certainly try to avoid the dairy and the chocolate. Um, but chocolate's not a bad option. Now, if you do want like a low calorie carb to stabilize that, I would add a protein into it. 
um, and again, you know, the proteins would be uh, protein shake is the quickest thing. Um, you can do uh, jerky. You can do like cold cuts. Um, you know, things like hummus doesn't have a lot of protein in it. Um, also doesn't have a lot of calories. So you could certainly do like a hummus and some uh, veggies if you want to, and then add a protein to that. Um, nothing wrong with sweets at night, um, but just make sure they are really low sugar. And then you throw a protein in there because what protein does is it buffers the impact of the sugar um, and it keeps it from causing a big spike in insulin. Um, insulin puts the body into a fat storage mode. And so the, the higher the sugar spike, the more insulin goes out. Because again, remember your body knows sugar is toxic and it's going to send insulin out to grab that sugar and to bring it into your cells. And then once inside your cells, it's going to create energy out of that sugar. And then it's going to want to burn it. Um, if it can't burn it because you're about to go to sleep, it's going to store it as fat right? It, there's no choice. If you have a protein, it's more likely to be conserved as a protein. It'll get digested, but then rebuilt into proteins. Um, not as likely uh, to be broken down into sugar if you don't need it. Um, so if you're about to, you know, like really uh, kind of quiet down and, and, and settle in for the night, having protein as a snack is a much better option. Um, and in our online course, the Wellness Warrior Nine Week Transformation Program, uh, we talk about protein imposters um, and a whole bunch of other things. Uh, but, um, you know, protein imposters like yogurt, <laughs> like nuts, like um, uh, hummus, um, you know, foods that people think have a lot of protein in them, but actually don't. Um, they have more sugar than anything else. Or in the case of nuts and seeds, it's more fat, which isn't bad. But just know that, right? Um, just just be aware. Um, fat does not uh, help uh, reduce the insulin surges as much as protein does. Um, so, you know, if you're really trying to avoid the sugar cravings, having more protein, uh, especially earlier in the day. But I always I always counsel my clients and my students to make sure protein is in every single meal and every single snack. Um, that's the biggest way to hedge um, your bets on carbs and to hedge your bets on cravings. Um, as far as diet sodas, uh, <laughs> you know, um, toxic. Yeah, that's the only thing I could say. It's toxic. Um, I mean, there's a couple, there are a few, like I've seen organic sodas um, with very low sugar. Those might be better. Um just remember with carbonated be beverages, they are dehydrating, you know, so make sure that you're having plenty of water uh, if you're having carbonated beverages quite a bit. Um, but diet sodas, I mean, pretty much universally, they're not safe unless, you know, you read your labels and see. Um, if they have a lot of chemicals in them. They're not great. You might as well have regular soda, you know, um, uh, and, and deal with the implications of that. Um, Sugar-free packaged cookies and snacks uh, tend to have a lot of fat. So um, just be mindful of that. Um, and again, sugar-free is a loaded word. Um, so you want to watch the fake sugars, um, you know, the, the, the sugar-free things like aspartame and, you know, all of those very toxic sugar substitutes. Um, you know, it it's almost safer to just have the thing with the real sugar in it than to have something sugar-free if the sugar-free alternative is dangerous. You know, the safer ones like stevia, um, you know, a little bit safer, a lot of bit safer um, than like aspartame and things like that. Um, but instead of the, the diet soda and the chemicals that come with that, it's almost better to have regular soda. Um, and then in terms of the sugar-free cookies, again, depending on what the sugar alternative is, it's almost better to have the cookie itself, like just a regular cookie. Um, what I do when I want to have carbs is I just down a protein shake with them, um, you know, and <laughs> call it a day, right? Um, and then I just make sure that I eat really well um, for the, the rest of the day, right? Um, so in the morning, 
protein shake. I also don't have a great appetite when I wake up in the morning. Um, you know, and I, I have what the, in Chinese medicine we call spleen chi deficiency. It's just kind of a constitutional thing. You know, once I learned Chinese medicine, I could think back years before when I was a teenager um, that I had the symptoms of, you know, spleen chi deficiency. Um, and so it's more of a constitutional thing. So I just know I have to eat in the morning. That's just the way it is, but I'll have a small shake. I'll have just a, a shake, a protein shake, very clean. And then that stimulates my appetite, right? So that revs up my metabolism, in other words. Um, and then I'm ready to eat in two, three hours after that, right? And then I have my snack three hours later, another you know protein-based snack, and then another meal three hours later, another protein-based snack. Now, if I'm going to a holiday party or something like that, I've been good all day. So I can kind of deal with it, right? And you can eat what you want. Just make sure you do have a lot of protein as well, like clean proteins, even as you're having the sugar and the cake and, and all those, those other things, because it's going to lower the impact, right? The other thing is when you have eaten well all day and you've made sure that you've had your meals with a snack two to three hours later and another meal three hours later with a snack two to three hours later and another meal three hours later, right? Every three hours you're having something. Light, it doesn't have to be heavy, um, but something every two to three hours. When you get to the holiday party, you'll taste stuff, right? Um, you'll have small pieces of things, but you won't be terribly hungry because you're not going to have that tsunami of cravings coming at you because you didn't eat all day, right? Um, if you like to exercise, you're going to have to eat a little bit more before and after your exercise so that you don't get the cravings that come with, with your muscles demanding more energy, right? Um, statement, I've been seriously working on building my core. It seems to help with my cravings. Yes, so bodybuilding strength training mitigates the impact of cravings more than cardio does. Um, and I don't know if I understand or know the mechanism of action for that, um, necessarily. Um, I think it has to do with the way that muscles metabolize sugar better. Um, but I don't quote me on that. I don't know exactly the mechanism, but what I do know is strength training does you know, help you balance blood sugar levels better than cardio. Now, cardio, people tend to get cravings after their cardio because you've just, you know, kind of put the body in a calorie deficit, so to speak, especially if you didn't eat properly before your workout. So we have to actually feed the workout. So you want to have protein, a good carb, um, some good, you know, leafy vegetables, about 45 minutes, but a small meal, not, not huge before you work out so that you have time to digest that, um, about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour before your workout. And then two to three hours later, again, you know, you want to have protein, a carb and some leafy vegetables to feed the muscles, right? Uh, to feed the activity. Otherwise, yes, you will be ravenously hungry if you do cardio. Um, I tend to eat unhealthy when I feel down. Do you have suggestions to curb the cravings when I'm depressed? Yeah. Um, you know, same thing applies, honestly. Um, again, make sure that you see a counselor so that you're properly diagnosed um, you know, some people need to have talk therapy or even perhaps medication, depending on the severity of the depression. So just make sure that you're properly evaluated there. But it, it, the same thing applies um, in terms of making sure that you plan ahead. Now, I know when people are feeling depressed and unmotivated, it's really hard to plan ahead. So what I do is I give people like little cheat foods, right? Um, even if it's a protein shake, even if it's something that simple. Um, where it's just, you you know, put the powder in, in the cup and you pour a little water or almond milk in it and you get a hand blender and then you drink it, right? Um, you know, that most people can kind of handle. They don't feel quite as overwhelmed to do that. Um, you know, we, you know, if you're a client, we give you recommendations um, as to which ones are safer to use in terms of protein shakes. But um, you know, just even things like that, where you're feeding your body every two to three hours, um, until you start to feel better, right? Um, I talk about this a lot, you know, what we call mental illness is also physiological. It's not just mental because the brain is part of the body's 
you know, it's part of the body, period. It's it's a physiological organ. Um, and so for me, any type of mental health concern is a physical concern as well. It's a physiological matter-based concern as well. Um, you know, and so feeding the brain properly is, is hugely important for lifting depression as well as lifting metabolism. So a lot of depression is a suppressed metabolism. It can also be an obstructed metabolism from toxins and stress and things like that too. So it's important to distinguish between that. But both of them have in common is that the metabolism is not functioning properly. Either that it's too low and it can't function properly because you can't burn enough calories to take care of the body's business, um, or the flow of the metabolism, the flow of the energy is obstructed. Either way, the body doesn't get the energy it needs, right? And so that results in depression um, and and uh, fatigue, lack of motivation. Um, and so having that talk therapy, having someone guide you through and perhaps... Um, uh, signing up with a nutritionist, right? So that you have someone uh, to really kind of guide you through uh, how to eat properly so that you can kind of lift yourself up. And that may be in conjunction with, with uh, talk therapy, um, cognitive behavioral therapy, um, you know, other things, even medication at times, depending on the severity. But those combinations of things will help you. But to mitigate the impact of cravings, regardless of why the craving is there, universally it's eat more really healthy protein, right? And if you're vegan, just eat more vegan protein, but be aware of vegan protein options. You usually need to eat twice as much of it to equal what you'd get out of an animal-based protein. So that's one difference. Um, the other difference is vegan proteins tend to be more alkaline, which if you're too acidic is, is a great protein option. Um, you know, and animal-based proteins tend to be a little bit on the more acidic, warmer side. So again, if you know your dynamic metabolic type, if you are a cold dynamic metabolic type, you don't want to overload on vegan proteins because that's going to make you colder. Um, so you'll want to balance that with animal-based proteins as well. Um, but if you are a hot dynamic metabolic type, you want to be careful with highly acidic proteins and eat more you know, neutral to alkaline based proteins. And again, we review this all in our wellness warrior nine week transformation program. So um, let's see. Florida listener here. Hi, <laughs> wondering, do you see a difference in attitude about health and fitness in New York compared to Florida? Um, I don't think I've been here long enough to say, but one thing I will say and this might be a little biased because I didn't get to work with millennials and Gen Z as much in Florida. So I don't know what their attitudes necessarily would have been had I had the opportunity to work with more in Florida. Um, but the millennials and Gen Z here are quite health savvy. Like they come in really interested. Um, and again, you know, most people that come to an integrative medical doctor are already very interested, you know? And so again, it could be a little bit of selection bias. Um, but um, again, there are so many more people here in, in the city as compared to where I lived in Florida. Um, you know, so it could just be the sheer volume of people. So there are a lot more, you know, uh, health, health options, you know, more organic foods. Definitely the selection is much more here than in Florida, uh, but that might be a volume driven thing. So it's it's a little bit hard to say, but, um, but you know, I don't know. I don't know. That's the honest answer. That's the only answer I could give. Um, I'm too large to go to the gym. Do you have any suggestions for weight and cardio exercises at home? Yes. Um, resistance bands. Um, those are probably the easiest things to start out with. Um, again, make sure that you've been cleared by your physician, right? That, that's number one. Number two, uh, make sure that you warm up really well and stretch before you do any uh, exercises. Um, but you can do some resistance training with resistance bands. And now on YouTube, just make sure you have someone who's a certified trainer that you're watching on YouTube. Um, Peloton and those types of things. They have like mirror 
where they have the, uh, the the weight resistance programs that you can do at home. Um, of course, walking, um, uh, you can do swimming if you have a pool available to you. You can do swimming. Um, if you live in a place with multiple stories, you can do stairs, up and down the stairs, um, uh, push-ups, sit-ups, um, yoga. You can do that at home. Uh, that's that's a, a great activity. Um, tai Chi, you can do at home. Qigong, you can do at home. Um, all those things are moving meditations and different types of strength training and cardio. You can do combinations of them at home. Uh, the biggest thing for weight loss, though, is nutrition. Like, that's the foundation. Like, I, I tell people 90% of weight loss happens in the kitchen, 10% at the gym. Um, and, and nutrition is just that important for weight loss because you cannot out cardio or out strength train um, poor nutrition. Like you just can't, if anything, it may even backfire on you. If you're not properly feeding the muscles before you work out, you could potentially get injured. Um, some people even gain weight going to the gym, right? Not because they're getting muscle bound, but because they are overburdening their bodies because they're not eating properly. And so the, the body is literally shutting itself down. It's, it's burning fewer calories because it can't handle what you're doing. Um, and so nutrition is always the way to mitigate that the most. Um, but it's also important to tone the body, right? To, to have it be in a muscle building mode. Um, when your body, when you're asking your body to build muscle by doing strength training, as long as you're eating an appropriate amount of protein, getting good vitamins and minerals and antioxidants through the leafy vegetables that you're eating and getting um, you know, fuel for the muscles through the, the carb choices that you're making, um, you know, you, you will gain muscle. Um, again, women cannot get bulky. That's a myth. Um, you know, um, and so you don't have to worry about that, but you have to fuel the exercise so that you're building muscle. When you are building muscle, you're also building bone because your body understands I can't just build muscle and not strengthen the bone that's going to move the muscle, right? Um, or that's going to support the muscle, I should say. Um, so it knows that and automatically does it. It automatically makes more connective tissue, more, more cartilage, more all of the things that are going to support the structure of the musculoskeletal system will grow. When your body is busy doing that, it's also going to be in a fat burning mode um, and not a fat building mode. And so strength training, building muscle is a really good way to burn more fat. Um, another reason strength training burns more fat is because your, your muscles are constantly burning calories day and night, whether you're, you know, lifting weights at the gym that day or not your muscles are burning calories. They are, they are um, highly metabolic. Um, and so uh, that's one of the best ways to lose weight is to make sure that you're toning your muscles, building muscle as you're eating properly. And then you're gonna build your metabolism as you're building your muscle. And then your body will burn off the fat and it will also release the inflammation. Um, and then that will shift your body composition over time. Um, so how do I get my teens to eat more protein? I think it would help their moods. Um, yeah, I mean, a good steak probably would, would do that. Um, so for my teens, my daughter loves steak. She loves ribs. Uh, my son loves chicken. Um, he happens to also love fish. Uh, my daughter does not, um, which is fine, you know, um, but, you know, there's a protein for everybody. If they like more vegan options, tempeh, you know, you can get some really good res uh, recipes on the internet to make some really good food for them. Um, if it tastes good, they will want to eat it, right? That's typically uh, the way it goes. Um, but yes, yeah, so also maybe, I don't know about protein shakes for teens. They probably wouldn't like that. Um, the perfect bars that they have at Starbucks and in many grocery stores now taste pretty good. They're almost like a candy bar, um, that they have a reasonable amount of protein in them. 
Um, they do have way more fat and carbs though. So they're an entire meal all by themselves. Um, but that might be a way. Um, the, the biggest thing is, is, is flavor though. Um, if you want to get a teen to eat something, you have to make it taste good. <laughs> so that would be my advice. Um, so carb cravings, right? Another factor that has to do, actually, I guess we should go to our next commercial break. So on the flip side of this commercial, we'll talk about the different kinds of carbs, which ones are high glycemic index, low glycemic index, and which ones are safer alternatives to choose from. We'll talk about fruits, root vegetables, leafy, uh, leafy vegetables, and the differences in their carbohydrate uh, content. So we'll be right back after this commercial break. You're listening to Awaken Wellness Now. What happens when we begin to realize that the 200-year experiment we've called the American healthcare system has failed? Learn how spirituality, ancient traditions, and cutting-edge science are merging to create a new paradigm of wellness on Awakened Wellness with Milen Riobay, MD. Tune in every Wednesday at 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. Eastern Time with live video shows every first and third Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern when you can call in and ask Dr. Milin the questions that matter most to you. Dr. Milin is the medical director of the Rio Bay Institute of Integrative Medicine in Jupiter, Florida. For more information, visit RIOBEintegrativemedicine.com. Dream Vision 7 Radio Network invites you in for this dynamic, forward-thinking show. Edesia is a U.S. nonprofit dedicated to the dream of ending childhood malnutrition for millions of children around the world. Through the manufacture of Plumpy Nut and other nutrient-rich, peanut-based, ready-to-use foods, Edesia has already delivered life and hope to nearly one million children in over 26 developing countries. To find out how you can join Edesia's dream of ending childhood malnutrition, please visit ediciaglobal.org. What if dreams can diagnose your life? What if we can meet the love of our life in dreams? Join host Cat O'Keefe Cannabis, the number one internationally best-selling author of Dreams That Can Save Your Life, written with Duke University medical doctor Larry Burke. Dreaming Healing is where we'll explore dreams, research, and interpret dreams from you, the caller. Dreaming Healing shows can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. Eastern with live shows on the first and third evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 radio network. Come live your dreams out loud with Kat. Are you searching for a way to help create global change? Dream Vision 7 radio network's vision is to have an eclectic group of radio hosts dedicated to educating, enlightening, and helping humankind with positive messages and tools that enhance lives using different modalities and programs. If you would like to join our team and help illuminate the universe, call Deborah at 508-226-1723 or Deborah at dreamvision7radio.com. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. Welcome back to Awakened Wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Milan Riobe. If you want to learn more about our Wellness Warrior nine-week transformation program online course, visit us at awakenedwellnessnow.com. You can take our burnout assessment. We also have a free training on how to be burnout in as little as three weeks. And so we're talking about carbohydrates, how to avoid cravings, right? Um, so not all carbs are created equally. So there are different types of carbohydrates that um, you would just need to be aware of, right? So um, the, the broad term vegetable um, really should be subdivided, right? Because there are leafy vegetables and there are root vegetables and they're completely different in the way that they are metabolized. Um, and so when we say eat more vegetables, um, what we really mean is eat more leafy vegetables. 
um, in terms of uh, getting the, the vitamin-rich, antioxidant-rich supply of nutrients that come with those leafy vegetables. Um, you know, bright-colored radicchio, uh, kale, spinach, uh, collards, um, cruciferous vegetables as well, broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, um, cabbage, um, you know, peppers, although they're technically fruits because they have seeds, but still we would kind of lump them in that category in terms of how they are metabolized. Um, those types of carbs are almost a free pass. They have very few calories and they are very dense with nutrition. Um, and so that's why, you know, we encourage people to pack their plates with those types of vegetables. Root vegetables are healthy, but they're just different. So they're much more calorie dense um, than a leafy vegetable. And so I, I've always said they should really not call the root vegetables vegetables. They're really carbs. Um, and so we're talking about beets, we're talking about yam, white potato, sweet potato, purple potato, yucca, um, all those types of things. I would also kind of categorize uh, bananas, green bananas in particular, green plantains in that category of you know root vegetables, although they're not technically, um, carrot is a root vegetable um, because it grows out of the ground, right? Um, the actual uh, vegetable is taken out of the ground. Um, they are much more calorie dense than a leafy vegetable. Still healthy, still nutritious, but more calories, that's all. And so when you are planning a meal, if you want to reduce your carbs because maybe it's later on at night and you don't wanna eat as many carbs, you would take the roots off your plate, right? You wouldn't have those root root type vegetables, but you would have all those leafy vegetables, right? Um, because they are a free pass. It's like taking a, a, a multivitamin. Um, they're kind of a free pass. You can almost eat as much as you want. The trick with them though, is to make sure that they're varied. Don't eat the same thing over and over and over because they each have a different complement of nutrients in them in terms of vitamins, minerals, antioxidants. So you, you don't wanna eat kale every day. You don't wanna eat spinach every day. You, you really wanna mix it up um, and have as many bright colored leafy vegetables as possible and as much variety as possible. Um, equally important to make sure that they're organic as much as possible. Um, again, you don't want to bring pesticides into the body. Um, you know, those are highly toxic, highly dangerous. Um, so if you're going to up your good leafy vegetables, you want to make sure that they're pesticide free as much as possible. Um, whether or not you cook them depends on your dynamic metabolic type, um, but you know, leafy vegetables and root vegetables are two completely different entities um, and should not be in the same category. Uh, now, root vegetables are still extremely healthy. They're really good for you. But the only thing, again, to be mindful of is that they're more calorie dense, that's all. So those are things you might wanna eat earlier in the day with your protein sources and with your leafy vegetables. And then as you're you know, kind of winding down, you wanna, not have the, the root vegetables on your plate later at dinner time, for example. Um, and then there are grains, another source of carbohydrates, right? Um, rice, quinoa, amaranth, millet, um, oatmeal, uh, all those things are grains. Um, those are also calorie dense, right? Um, and also they can be cross-contaminated by uh, gluten. So if you're gluten uh, intolerant or if you have celiac disease, um, having grains can be a little bit more dangerous uh, than having root vegetables. So root vegetables are not processed in any way um, for the most part. And so there's no concern for cross-contamination with wheat products or gluten products. So they're a little safer for people with uh, gluten intolerance or celiac. Grains and root vegetables have roughly the same calorie content, um, depending on how fibrous they are. 
um, they, their glycemic index will vary. So for example, white rice versus brown rice. So because brown rice has the husk on it, it's more fibrous that lowers its glycemic index. So uh, what the glycemic index is, is a, a number that, that scientists use to um, give us a sense of how much a food is going to spike insulin production, how much insulin is going to be released in response to having consumed this food. Um, and so the lower the glycemic index, the less of an insulin response we get. And remember insulin, also packs away fat, right? Because again, your body knows that if you have too much sugar in the system, it's toxic. And so it's gonna pack it away into your cells and either burn it or store it as fat. Insulin is in charge of doing that. So the more food spikes the insulin production, in other words, the more insulin has to be produced to sweep all that sugar into your cells, the higher the glycemic index, the more likely you are to store that sugar as fat. And so high glycemic index foods are highly processed foods, you know, with, you know, fruit, high fructose corn syrup, for example, glycemic index through the roof, right? Um, but brown rice, as compared to white rice, because of the husk on the brown rice, that lowers the glycemic index. So brown rice compared to white rice has a lower glycemic index. Um, that doesn't mean you shouldn't eat white rice. The, you know, the glycemic index isn't horrible. Um, and then combining a protein with the carbs is also going to lower the glycemic index because it's going to um, make your body not just shove all that sugar into your bloodstream at the same time. When you, when you mix a protein in with a carb at a meal, you automatically lower the glycemic index of it. And so low glycemic index uh, foods tend to have a lot of fiber on them. So sweet potatoes, um, you know, uh, brown rice, oatmeal has a lot of fiber in it. So those are going to be lower glycemic index uh, carbohydrates. I generally recommend that people do not eat only carbs. Um, there should really be no time that people eat only carbs. Uh, they, they should always be mixed with a protein just so you don't spike your insulin too much. Fruits, we'll cover that real quick because we're running out of time. Uh, fruits, <clears throat> excuse me, are also very different than uh, grains and uh, root vegetables. Fruits are generally metabolized differently. <clears throat> and because they tend to be very calorie dense as well, it's important to have a small amount of fruit at a time. But some of the lower glycemic index fruits are going to be things like lemon, cherries. Um, I wrote them down, apples, grapefruits, pears, oranges, plums, strawberries, peaches, and grapes. So those are going to have more of a low glycemic index. Again, I don't recommend that a carb be eaten all by itself. Um, you know, there should be a protein added in somewhere to mitigate the impact of the fruit, uh, regardless of what type of carb it is, the fruit, the, the root vegetable, the grain. Um, if you mix a protein in there, uh, you will be better off uh, in terms of how your body is going to manage that blood sugar. It's going to reduce those cravings. Um, and then if you go and have that rum cake or that, you know, uh, molten lava cake, like that's my Achilles, uh, Achilles heel. If I see a molten lava cake, it's mine, um, you know, but I'll have a quick protein shake with it. Um, but still, uh, you know, there's some stuff we just have to enjoy, right? Alcohol, um, again, same thing. Uh, of course, drink in moderation, always, always have a designated driver um, or an Uber, uh, you know, ready and tons of water to hydrate yourself, to flush the alcohol out quickly. Um, and also remember, a lot of alcohol has a lot of uh, calories. Wine in particular has a ton of calories in it. So just be mindful of that. That's another type of carb, very high glycemic index. Um, so again, um, hope that was helpful. We're running out of time and thank you for all the thoughtful questions and comments. Um, and it's always a pleasure to be here with you. And you're listening to Awaken Wellness Now. Again, visit our website, awakenwellnessnow.com for more. And until next time, many blessings and thank you.
Join us next time on Awakened Wellness with Milen Riobe, MD, to learn how spirituality, ancient traditions, and cutting-edge science are merging to create a new paradigm of wellness. Awakened Wellness airs every Wednesday at 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. Eastern Time with live video shows every first and third Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern of each month. Meanwhile, you can join our Facebook page at facebook.com slash awakened wellness and let us know what you'd like to discuss on future episodes. Dr. Milan is the medical director of the Rio Bay Institute of Integrative Medicine in Jupiter, Florida. For more information, visit riobayintegrativemedicine.com. This show is part of the Dream Vision 7 radio network. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow.